Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and uh, welcome to uh, the latest episode of Diversity in Fellowship. Uh, we're glad that you uh, have tuned in to listen to us today. We have a pretty heavy subject uh, to talk about. Um, the Sexual Abuse Task Force uh, that was uh, voted on and uh, appointed uh, last year by uh, at the Southern Baptist Annual Convention uh, released a report from Guidepost. Uh, Guidepost is kind of the third-party independent investigators, uh, and they released a report on Sunday uh, detailing the mishandling of sexual abuse survivors over the past 20 years uh, by the executive committee in the Southern Baptist Convention. So a lot of things going on uh, with this. Um, again, the, the investigation was primarily surrounding the executive committee. The executive committee is basically kind of the uh, group that runs the SBC uh, in between the annual meetings. Um, if you're not familiar with uh, SBC polity, then, um, it's a little bit difficult to understand. But but they're the ones who basically are, are in charge. The money is sent through the cooperative program uh, by local churches, uh, and the executive committee makes decisions on how that money is to be spent and uh, different different things that are happening uh, with that. And so, uh, anyway, they they've been they were the ones that were particularly investigated. Um, really, I just want to say, if you're involved in the SBC, if you're listening and you're a pastor or your staff member, really just a church member, uh, you really should read as much of the report as you can. It, it's long; it's 288 pages, and so it's it's difficult and it's hard. The first 15 pages or so are just kind of basically a summary, uh, and, I, and I do encourage you to read that at least, but I don't think just reading that, maybe you say, well, I read the summary, so I kind of know what it's about, but I, I really do encourage you to read more than that uh, to get, I don't really know how to say it, Kenny, that to get the tone maybe, the right. ugliness of yes. some of the interviews and some of the stuff that's said, and I, I don't think the summary necessarily captures all of that, and so... Uh, so I just encourage you to spend some time. It, it, it'll take you uh, some time to get through it, but I uh, just encourage you to do that. So, Kenny, what um, this is, I mean, it's a lot of people have been talking about it. A lot of people are going to continue to talk about it uh, leading up to the annual meeting, which is happening in a few weeks in Anaheim. Uh, if you don't know, I think we've mentioned this before. Ken, um, our church is a part of the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, I've been Baptist my whole life, uh, Southern Baptist my whole life, went to a Southern Baptist church growing up, uh, graduated from a Southern Baptist uh, college and seminary, uh, and then been, you know, the, the church that I was pastoring before the merge is a Southern Baptist church, and uh, we decided with the merge that we would continue to be Southern Baptist, and so Southern Baptist life is a little bit new newer to Kenny. Yes. He did not grow up um, in that circle. Um, but we're in that now, and so we, we feel like this is a diversity and fellowship issue. In, in episodes in the past, we've uh, talked about uh, caring for women. Yes. Uh, and, and really, we, we see this um, with the sexual abuse survivors. We really just see uh, uh, and the importance of caring for them. And so we wanted to kind of talk about this today. So, so Kenny, what, what are kind of the—obviously, we can't— 
uh, deal with every single thing that the report uh, brought about. But what were some of the highlights or some of the big things that you've seen in the report? Yeah, so uh, one of the things that came out of the report is that it, it appears the executive committee was more concerned about liability, about getting sued, Yes. than they were about the actual sexual abuse survivors. Yes. It was a, a focus on protecting the institution of mm-hmm. the Southern Baptist Convention yes. more than about caring for or doing justice right. in, in regards to the sexual abuse survivors. Right. And so that was one of the bigger things that came out of that. Another was um, what they were saying wasn't just was false. Yep. So telling the public was false. So they were saying that um, one one example was that was people were calling for a database right. of pastors and, and churches who were mishandling uh, sexual abuse uh, survivors mm-hmm. and pastors who were actually guilty of sexual abuse in the past. As, yeah. in the past. And mm-hmm. so what, what the executive committee was saying was that um, – Autonomy. They were screaming autonomy because right. uh, Southern Baptist churches are autonomous. They are congregational rule. They're not mm-hmm. ruled by the denomination. The congregation has the final say right. on anything that happens in the in the local church. Right. And so that was the uh, reason that was being given by the executive committee. Repeatedly. While, that was. I yeah, mean, if you read always. the report, I mean, it's almost like any time. Anything was brought up of you guys need to act on this, you guys need to do this, particularly with the database, right? Yeah. And I mean, it was like that was the company line. Yes. You know, it was like, nope, we're we're autonomous. The local churches can do whatever they want to do, but we can't do anything. Right. And so we're just not gonna we're not gonna do anything. So you're saying that publicly, but the, the privately, you you're actually maintaining a database. Yeah. And yeah. so you're saying you can't do this, but in all actuality, you could do it right. because you actually were doing it. Mm. And so that kind of deception, that that falsehood, yeah. that the, the legal firm, yeah, like our, our legal firm that uh, that they there's a lot of reference to them in the report. The legal firm actually said that we could do it, right? I mean, actually told yes. the executive committee. Uh, particularly the EC staff and some of the some of the the higher ups in the EC staff told them, "Hey, you could do this and not and still not violate church autonomy." Right. Because you know the legal group understood that, and yet we still were told over and over again, "We can't do it because of autonomy." Right. So it wasn't that you couldn't do it. It's no. just we don't want to do it. We don't. Right. Because we want to protect the institution. Yeah. I mean that bottom line. Right. We, right. If this stuff starts getting out and there's this huge database and it's going to look bad and yeah, just we well, not good. Really, and we could get sued. Right. I mean, that was the somebody might try to sue us and if somebody tries to sue us and that'll be bad for the institution, that'll be bad for us financially. Um and so that was kind of the repeated refrain yeah, um, just throughout the report, which was just sad, Very know, much so. Sad. Um, you know, another one, the thing that stuck out the most to me and really the reason why I encouraged you earlier to read more than just the kind of the 15 page summary, the language that was used in some of the emails between some of the top SBC, um, leaders on the executive committee to, that was used to describe survivors was just evil. 
Right. I mean, it, it, and it was, I mean, it was accusatory, right? You, yeah. You're just looking for an opportunity. I mean, like, I mean, opportunistic was used over and over again, right? Right. Oh, these people are just opportunistic. They're just looking for opportunities to get, you know, to hurt other people or whatever. I mean, it was when it should have been sympathetic, right? right. I mean, when it should have been, what can we do to, you know, help, help, um, uh, these people, it was more of a, what can we do to get them to stop talking? What can we do to uh, make sure that they can't sue us? I mean, and, and there was just a, an attitude that was conveyed in some of those. I, to me, that was the, that was the thing that as reading it, I just, you know, just thought this is awful. Yeah. You know, this is, this is terrible. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, most of it was, you know, in private emails, you know, right. I mean, those types of things. The private emails are included. I mean, they actually have screenshots of the actual email, so it's not like these things were made up, you know. I mean, these are actual emails, and, and, and I mean, I like, in one sense, I mean, I get that, you know, sometimes in a private email you might have an offhand comment or, you know, say something that later you regret, but not like this. Yeah. I mean, this, this was different, you know, in how things were stated and said and um again i mean i think that to me that was one of the things that was just extremely discouraging yeah that's what else brother what i mean what else would you say anything else that um yeah came out? i think from from all that from the in, entirety of the report it was clear that the the sbc in general yeah. and the executive committee in particular have a lot of work to do if yes. they're going to handle these issues better in the future. Right. Like things can't stay the same. Right. Uh, in regards to um, right. the sexual abuse, how mm-hmm. uh, SBC handles sexual abuse, they just can't stay the same um, right. after this report. And so there were recommendations, recommendations at the end of the report. Yeah. You know, they've already, I know they've already established a hotline, uh, which is basically kind of a temporary measure so that. If there are sexual abuse survivors in the SBC, they can call that hotline. Right. Uh, that's kind of a some that was a step they felt like they could do between now and uh, the actual convention uh, yeah. in the next couple of weeks. And so I thought that was a good. I mean, that's a good move. It's at least a start. Um, but it it will be interesting to see. Uh, you know, what are the concrete steps of of doing this better? You know, like right. what what are, what are going to be those concrete steps and Again, I think the report, the, the goal of the end of the report was try to say, hey, here's some, you know, here's some really solid suggestions. And and my hope is, is that um, the SBC in general and that the executive committee in particular will take note of those and, and implement those. Yes. So, yeah. So then, Kenny, here's a question, right? Is bad. Right. It was terrible. How do we respond? I mean, Obviously, we're trying to, you know, the, the the SBC's got some responsibility. The executive committee has some responsibility, but but how do we respond as as local pastors, as ministers, as people involved, perhaps involved in SBC churches? I mean, what? How do we respond to this? Yeah, I think you know when things like this come out, the the proper response for people in leadership, especially, but you know, uh, people who are just members in mm-hmm. in local churches, is to to think through ongoing support to the the SBC. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have to ask the question, is this a, um, is the SBC irreparably broken? Yeah. Right. Mm. 
do we have the um, fortitude to actually put in place some of these um, su- suggestions, right? Recommendations that were at the end of this support, at end of this report, mm, yeah. uh, or do we have? Is there a group who who would be completely against it and and just mm. want to really continue with this strategy of protecting the institution, right? And so you you have to ask those questions. Are are could I stay and be a part of helping the SBC deal with these situations better? Right. And so there's different options and people will come to different conclusions and go in different directions and, and find creative yeah. ways to continue to uh, share the gospel, creative ways to continue to do missions and, mm. and all those different things. But I think everyone needs to be asking the questions at, at very least to, yeah. to just evaluate, to, to think through how are we going to um, – how are we going to affiliate with the SBC going forward? Right. Right. I, I think, you know, let me just add one thing. I I, I think I've, I've read a couple of articles and a couple of different tweets and different people where it's like, you know, hey, I, I believe in the SBC and I think, you know, uh, the SBC, I believe the SBC will get this right. And, and I understand that. Like, I understand that optimism. Uh, I even, you know, there was one that kind of made the point, you know, one of the best things that we can do for survivors is, you know, stay involved in the SBC and make changes. And, and Kenny, I, I mean, just to be honest, I'm at a point where I'm not sh- I don't know if that's true. Right. I mean, I it could be, you know, like I, there, there is a sense in which we, you know, we want to um, try to improve it and make it better. And there are, you know, there are some reasons why we, obviously that we think that you know, the SBC's um, future is important or, or could be significant. But like, I mean, I, I, I I struggle to th- I struggle to really believe that that survivors are going to be super encouraged by us remaining. I mean, I, I'm just yeah. being honest here. Like, right. like I struggle with that because yeah. I I think many of the survivors would say, "Why are you continuing to support that institution?" Yes. Like, g- give me a reason. Like, I don't understand why you're continuing to support this. Right. I mean, do you do you deny what's happened the last twenty mm-hmm. years? You know, I mean, it's yeah. Those are hard questions. Yes. And I think those are the questions that we need to be wrestling with. Yeah, we have to think through what is my continued support of the SBC communicating. Yes. To survivors, what is it communicating to the world in general? Right. right. Yeah. Because they're watching us. Yeah. And if we're continuing to. Um, operate as if nothing has happened right. after this report, then yeah. it's actually saying, it's, it's saying something to people. Right. And we got to think through that. Yeah. And I, I think that's important. I mean, it, and I, I mean, obviously, you know, you don't want to, uh, overreact or react, you know, um, too quickly. I think it's okay to give it time or whatever, but I, but I do think it's, yeah, I think it's important to really look at that. Um, what else would you say as a, as a way to respond? Yeah, I would say for 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 me, our posture towards survivors, especially when they're reporting sexual abuse, it mm. has to change. Yeah. Like we have to lead with grace with survivors and give them mm. the benefit of the doubt instead of looking upon them with with suspicion or mm-hmm. that they're not telling the truth. We right. have to to listen and to act on what they say. Yeah, it, it can't be anymore that we we hold this posture of, well, we're going to believe the person that they are accusing and we're going to be suspicious of them. 
even if the person they are accusing is your pastor. Even even right. Because like, that's where it gets, I mean, that's where, yeah. I, that's what we're talking about here. Exactly. People are accusing pastors yes. of sexual abuse. And not just, and, and I mean, the report shows that there are very, very, very many times when pastors were, in fact, guilty. Yes. And so this, this posture of, well, you're accusing our pastor, but we, there's no way our pastor could actually yeah. do that. And almost this just immediate. We're going to dismiss him. Yes. Yeah. We got to, you're right. I mean, we got to, we have to change that posture, that, that, that first take, right? Um, right. But, but what does that mean for our pastors, right? And so how do we, yeah. I mean, how do we, uh, how do we handle that as pastors? Yeah, I've said this before and, and, you know, I've said this even personally about myself is like if an accusation comes against me mm-hmm. because the church has done such a horrible job with it mm-hmm. uh, in regards to pastors that you believe the person who is accusing me and I'll get fired, resign, wherever needs to happen so that for the sake of the gospel, Because I don't want the world to look at Grace Bible Fellowship and say, well, that church, (laughs) you know, that church basically supported someone who's Mm -hmm. abusing people, who's abusing women. Right. I don't want that um, disgrace to be upon the church. I don't want that disgrace to be upon the gospel. Hmm. So guess what? Because we've handled this so poorly for so long, I'm going to give up my right to... Continue uh, pastoring. Continue in pastoring yeah. to, to have people believe me before any court case or anything else happens. Right. And I'm going to give all that up for the sake of those survivors, mm. for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the, the church's reputation. Right. It can't, it, we, we can't take any other position yeah. like anymore. It has to, we have to be willing to sacrifice our rights because we've done such a horrible job for so long Mm -hmm. like i think about like so many facets of christianity the catholic church i mean all Mm -hmm. these different different uh forms of Mm -hmm. people who profess to be christians have done Mm -hmm. such a horrible job of this to where like how can we take any other any other posture as leaders than to just say we're gonna have to make some sacrifices yeah so that the for the sake of the gospel, right? Like you, you, you just can't. I, I just don't see any other way for us to 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 go about it anymore. Hmm. And so that's what I would say. I would say pastors need to sacrifice their rights. Think about the apostle Paul. He had the right to to be provided by by the gospel, but instead he chose to work. Hmm. He chose to work because there were false teachers out there who were taking money from people, and that was all they were about. Right, is about getting rich uh, off the gospel. Right. And so, you know, if he can sacrifice his rights to receive his uh, his well-being from the gospel, then we can sacrifice our rights to right. for the sake of the survivors. Yeah. And and obviously the thing that's going to be brought up, well, there's gonna, you know, that's going to open the door for false accusations or that's going to open the door for, um, you know, abuse of pastors. Yeah. But, I mean, it's I think what we have to understand, and this is, Again, I mean, people have, pastors have used the office as a way to shield them so yes. that they can abuse. Right. <laughs> yeah. Brother, there's an ugliness in that, that 
It's demonic. I mean that we have to be willing to make sacrifices to try to try to um, repair that. I mean, I, yeah. I, I like I, I just can't. It, it's hard. It's hard. I think to really properly get that into perspective. Right. You know, uh, the lack of trust, the lack of, and um, I mean, in one sense, you can't. I mean, like I. You can't blame people for not trusting. Right. You know, I mean, there is this kind of stigma placed upon the pastoral office or, you know, or you you mentioned the Roman Catholic Church with the office of priest, right? I mean, oh, there yeah. is a, a stigma because of what has happened in the past. And you may say, well, that's not fair. That's not fair. I didn't do anything. But that's just the reality. That's what it is. You know, and, and if we can do something, if we can make some sacrifices, like you're talking about, of our rights— so that uh, we can remove that, um, then I think we have to do that. Yeah. Uh, whew, that was tough stuff. Right. Um, what else? Any Anything, I mean, anything final that you would add as far as uh, a way to respond here? Yeah, one thing I was thinking about as, as I was thinking through this is that we, we have to have a humble complementarianism. Like, okay. we've talked about it. We're... we're um, Firmly complementarian, mm-hmm. but I mean a lot of t- we have to understand like why people uh, lean lean towards mm. egalitarianism, right? Because they look at men mm. who who are pastors and who abuse that power, mm. and they're like, "Well, why would I want to? <laughs> like, why right. would why why, why yeah. do I want this as my only option?" Yeah, right. Men leading churches. Mm-hmm. We we would say okay, this is how God has designed it, and this is right. why we are complementarian. But we need to have some humility. Like we need to understand that, like a lot of the reasons why people are rejecting that mm. is because they see men in these roles who are abusing their power right. and abusing women. Yep. And so, you know, there's there's a way in which we can talk about egalitarianism to where we can have we can be prideful mm. we can be demeaning mm-hmm. um yeah condescending yeah and so to speak and and that needs to change because if mm. you if you look at the state of of leadership in some of these churches where women are being abused and then we're not re- not handling it properly mm. then we we should understand we should sympathize and be able to understand why someone may want something different. Right. Not saying that we, not saying that we compromise. I'm yeah, not saying yeah. that we compromise right. at all. Yeah. I'm just saying be understanding to, to to know that okay, there's some hurt there. There can mm. possibly be some hurt there. Right. That is causing them to react that way towards yeah. complementarianism. I mean, wouldn't you say there are? I mean, there are people whose only experience with complementarianism has ultimately just been patriarchy, has been basically abuse. Yeah, you yeah. Know? just abuse. And and so it's like, well, it's another one of those. <laughs> it's another one of those times where we're going to have to try to recover. Yeah. What that what this truly means, right? Just yes. like we're saying, we have to recover what the true office of pastor means. Right. We're going to have to recover what true complementarian means, uh, and I and I sometimes we just have not. No, brother, we have not done a great job of of doing that. I think. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we we just want to. I mean, I I think it's important for you know us to just uh, say that 
um, man, we are we're praying for the sexual abuse uh, survivors. We're we're praying about the situation that's going on in the SBC. We're humbled by it. We're broken by it. Um, we believe that you know, really, we all should be at this point just humbled and broken, uh, praying uh, for those, helping, uh, leading with grace with uh, sexual abuse survivors as much as we possibly can through through God's mercy and God's strength. And so, uh, just encourage you in that. We did we. Uh, we realize normally with crazy question we kind of do something uh, goofy, but we we wanted to, and we just didn't feel like this episode would would lend itself to doing something super goofy. But we did want to ask, and and uh, I admit this is kind of coming from me a little bit, but I, this is this is the question I want to kind of end with today, Kenny. Yeah, should we have large institutions in the church? You know, brother, my. <laughs> My experience would say no. Like yeah. I, I'm, I've 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 left one denomination already, right? Because right. it was so large to mm-hmm. where it it was allowing for um, unfaithfulness to the Word of God. Mm. Um, right. And now I have to do what we just talked about: reevaluate ongoing support to another yep. cooperation, mm-hmm. and it's like. Maybe, mm. just maybe, um, you, you know, back in the back when uh, the savings and loans and banking stuff was happening in the early two thousands, there was and and some of the companies was failing. There were mm-hmm. the, the phrase "too big to fail" mm. was what kept getting thrown around, and we were throwing money at like auto auto automobile makers because they were too big to fail. If they right. failed, then too catastrophic. Yeah, yeah. it would have mm-hmm. been too catastrophic to the economy. So we're going to pour all this money in. We're going to do whatever we can to protect it. And I think that's a problem. Yeah, man. <laughs> like that's a problem when you got to do whatever it takes to to protect um, mm. an institution, especially in the church, because Jesus says He will build the church. Right. Right. He's that's building right. the church. Like the SBC is not building <laughs> building nope. the church. The nope. United Methodist Church is not building the church, and no right. other. Mm-hmm. Uh, a denomination is doing that. And so when we feel like we have to protect an institution because it's so big and it's going to have such a right. horrible impact on Christianity, maybe yeah. we've gotten too big in the first place. And so, yeah, yeah, I, I would say it's something to think about for sure. Yeah. My experience would say probably shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think the hard thing is, is like when I think through church history and granted my knowledge of church history is fairly limited. I mean, I've had yeah. a couple of classes and read a couple of books, but like, um, it's hard for me to come up with a good example right, of this institution that for, you know, even if you just say a hundred years, 200 years was, was strong, was good, was faithful to the word, faithful to the gospel, faithful in handling, you know, these type, you know, these controversial types of issues, sin, right. you know, those, it, it's like, it's hard to find an example Yes. In in some sense, all of the examples are, well, eventually it right it closed. Eventually it went evil. Eventually it went, you know, uh, eventually it succumbed. Uh, eventually it stopped teaching the, the word. I mean, yeah. there's just all these negative examples that it, you know, now I, the hard thing, and I think it's good to admit that, I mean, the hard thing is, is I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you put in the place, and and there and yeah. there are certain things that we're trying to accomplish. You know, like I mean, the two big things with the SBC for me are, um, you know, theological education is is big, and, and the Lord. you know, training pastors and training missionaries. I mean, that that's something that's hard to do as one local church to some degree. 
but then you know the other one is is you know world missions it's it's hard yeah. for you know it's hard for grace bible fellowship to send missionaries to all these different countries but we can partner with other sbc churches you know in order to do that but honestly i'm you know i'm not so sure that 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 this you know creating these large institutions is the only way to do that right um there are other ways that you could do it you know you you could partner with just three or four churches and 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 keep it local to some degree where you can kind of have oversight and watch and then partner together and say hey we're going to send this missionary couple and you know then we're going to send this missionary couple and you, you know and yeah i mean if every three or four churches were doing that then there would be there would be some local accountability there would be some local and you could even strategize together with others but you're it it's what what happens is and this is what happened i mean like i love the cooperative program right but we started pooling all of our money together and then once you start doing that what do you have to have got to have somebody to manage it you got to have somebody to manage all that yes and that person is often very removed right or that executive committee <laughs> is very removed yes. from our local church right you know and um from those from those who are actually sending the money you know and it just creates man it just it just becomes very very difficult i mean it, and um and you end up having these kind of partnerships where i'm looking back on what's happened over the past 20 years and i'm thinking how could this happen yeah i mean how could we be supporting this this happening you right know, through 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 our finances because you and, can't oversee it because we don't know what's happening yeah. right I mean we're ignorant of what's happening because it's so big yeah I mean it's so hard so large so yeah I don't have all the answers on that right but I, I I think it's a fair question I mean I think it's a good question to ask you know what if if we're if we're saying maybe large institutions are always going to have this tendency to eventually fail or 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 move in a bad direction. You know, what is the right way to think through it? Yes. You know, what is the right way to... Um, I mean, I think about... This is kind of a stupid analogy, but... Um, have you ever watched a TV show that, like, you get into, like, maybe a maybe the sixth season, season, the seventh season, and you're like, they should have already ended the show. Right. Right? You know? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, like, I, I think the sweet spot... Every show should say, we're going to have five seasons five and seasons. it's done. Five right. seasons and it's over. Yeah. Nothing more than five seasons. Because anything... Most shows, once they get past the fifth season, it just kind of takes a weird right. direction. Yes. There's, there's almost a part of me that just wants to say, hey, look, we're going to have these institutions. They're, we're going to limit their size. They're going to get this big and then no more. Yeah. Like, we're not going to continue to grow and right. get huge. And I know that's kind of silly, but but I do think there is maybe some wisdom in it, that. It probably is, you right? Know, so, yeah. Well, hopefully that was helpful to you. Uh, hopefully, uh, just encourage you to continue to pray and. Um, pray for the SBC and pray for local pastors who are wading through these issues and man support and pray for um, uh, abuse survivors that you know and uh, so we, we thank you for listening and we'll uh, we'll catch you catch up with you guys next week God bless you thanks so much for listening to the diversity and fellowship podcast if you want to join the discussion please send us your questions and your comments to diversity and fellowship at gmail.com that's diversity and fellowship at gmail.com We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.